So Daniel chapter 2, and we are going to be beginning by reading 20 uh, through 23, verses 20 through 23. And then we'll cover in the sermon verses 1 through 23. Yeah, feel, feel free to stand in honor of God's Word as we open up in prayer. Daniel 2. Verse 20, Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells with him. To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise, for you have given me wisdom and might, and now have made known to me what we asked of you, for you have made known to us the king's matter. Let's pray. God, we especially pause today to pray for your word to uh, to speak to us, God, to open our eyes and our ears. We know that the problem is never with Your Word. Uh, God, Your Word is powerful and effective. And, uh, and the problem is, is not with the teacher or the preacher, God. The problem is often with us, that we're so stuck in our sin and our selfishness that we are not listening to You, that we are unwilling to hear You today. And so, God, I pray for that that you would open our ears, that your compassion and your love would break through our stubbornness and our hard-heartedness and our self-centeredness, and that light would come into the darkness today, and that our lives and our hearts and our minds would be changed, and our only response would be, glory be to God, that His Word broke through today, His Word spoke to me today, His Word transformed me Today, So God, all glory to you through this passage, through this time that we study your scripture. Um, we lift you up, Lord Jesus, and we ask you to draw people to yourself in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated and keep your Bible open. More important than anything I could ever say today is what God's word has to say um, to you today. So we continue studying in the book of Daniel. Um, and as we pick up from Daniel chapter 1, Daniel and some of the best and finest of the Israelites are taken captive in a first round of, of Nebuchadnezzar taking over the promised land, taking over God's chosen people. And we know that's because of their sin and their disobedience against God that this was allowed to happen. Israel opened up the door uh, for them to be taken captive because they turned away from God. And so that's true for you as well. If you're turning away from God today, um, if you're not staying close to the Lord, and then you're opening the door. You're opening the door for the enemy to come in, and God allows the enemy to come in to discipline us. Uh, if we're His children, God's going to discipline you, and that's what you see. 
Israel were the children of God that He had specially chosen to shine His light in a world of darkness. And when His children turned away from Him, He disciplined them. And so if you're a child of God, expect that today. If there is no discipline, if you're living like a heathen, you're living like the world, and you're not being disciplined, that ought to scare you because you're not a child of God. You're not His. Uh, if He's not disciplining you, and uh, then you're not His, and that's a problem. So uh, look into that. Pray about that. Israel was being disciplined because of their hard-heartedness and their disobedience. And, and, and as ch- children of God, through grace and faith in Jesus Christ, God's going to discipline us. Um, and so one aspect we want to talk about today as we begin to look at chapter 2, um, they're taken captive. We know that Daniel and, uh, and Hananiah and Mishael and Azariah, they stayed faithful to God in a pagan world. And that's what chapter 1 begins to show us the stands that they have to take in a pagan world. And then in chapter 2, we get into Nebuchadnezzar and who he really is. And uh, he has a dream that upsets him. And, uh, and so what happens in chapter 2 uh, is that, uh, that it troubles him and he can't sleep. Um, and, uh, and so he decides that he's going to get his guys that are supposed to know what they're doing. They're supposed to be able to interpret dreams and tell the future and, and do these, all these different things. And we know that they would have been able to do those things through satanic power. And Satan does have power to do certain things that God allows him to do. Um, and so whatever religion or whatever magic or enchantment they would have called it, you can just sum it up as if it's not of God, it's satanic. Um, I, I remember as a kid, my mom used to drive by a palm reader in Odessa, Texas, and, uh, and she would put her hand out and she would pray against that palm reader. And in Jesus' name, she would pray that the light of Jesus Christ would shine and that that palm reader, and I just thought, what a weirdo. I and mean, as a kid, I thought, what are you? I don't know what palm reading is, but what, you know, what are we? But now I'm like, that's pretty cool that my mom was praying, uh, praying against the palm reader because she recognized it was Satan's power, right? That, 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 you know, even though it was a palm reader and you go in and you pay them money and it was some kind of business, uh, they didn't say they were a satanic palm reader. But that's, you know, if it's not of Christ, if it's not of God, it's, a, it's satanic. It's Satan inspired. Even if they have the power to do miracle or what looks like miracles, even if they somehow manipulate you into thinking they're telling the future um, or, uh, or they have some kind of psychic power, recognize it is not of God. It is not a power of God. It is a power of Satan. And so Nebuchadnezzar gets all his people uh, that are supposed to have all this insight uh, and all this wisdom. And he says, I need to know what this dream means. But then he tells them, but I'm not even going to tell you what the dream is. You have to tell me what the dream is first and then tell me what it means. Uh, and so these guys are in trouble uh, because more than likely they were probably pretty good at manipulation. And so if he could have told them the dream, they could have probably manipulated him in some way to make them to make the king think this is what that dream means. But when he took that away and he said, I'm not even going to I want number one 
you've got to get into my mind and tell me what the dream means um, and then, or tell me what the dream is and then tell me what the dream means. Well, they didn't have... They, they didn't have a clue. They could not, uh, they could not do that. And so uh, King Nebuchadnezzar was really, he was a big deal. If you study the, the history of King Nebuchadnezzar and what we can learn historically, what he did uh, with his empire, the, the way he built the cities around him, the, uh, the building projects, all the things, he, he was, he was a, a, a big deal. He was an amazing person in the sense of being a, a terrible dictator, I guess. He was able to accomplish uh, big things, right? Uh, he was a big deal. Uh, and so when he wanted something done, People wanted to try to get it done because of his power. And so in verse 12, he was angry and furious and he commanded that all the wise men be destroyed. Kill him. And that's the kind of leader he was. Uh, and, 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 you know, in, in a lot of ways, that's the kind of leadership that America was founded to get away from. We didn't want people to have that kind of power. And so our government is structured in such a way uh, that our leaders... Lord willing, hopefully aren't able to just say, you know what, they, they didn't do what I wanted them to do, kill them, right? Get rid of all those people. And that's, but that's the power that King Nebuchadnezzar had. So he was a big deal, but he was also really crazy, uh, right? With that kind of power, people are corrupted and he decided that he could just kill everybody. And so Daniel and all his companions are in that group. They're going to be killed just exterminated uh, like, a, like a feral hog, right? Just, just get rid of them. Uh, just, just, uh, just shoot them because they can't tell me what this dream is. And, uh, and so they're in big trouble. And so I go through all that to tell you what does Daniel, Daniel do as a leader in that kind of situation where not only is his life on the line, but... His, his, his brothers, his Israelite brothers' lives are on the line and all these other people, these Chaldeans and these sorcerers and these magicians, all these wise men of Babylon are going to be wiped out. Um, and so in verse 17, it says, he went to his house, he made known the matter to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions. In verse 18, he told them to seek mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that Daniel and his companions might not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. So what action does he take? Well, he seeks the mercy of God. He seeks the mercy. Your translation might say he seeks the compassion of God. Now, you, you and I would probably be God. We want to seek a plan. I want action steps, God. Tell me exactly what to do. But Daniel knows he needs the mercy of God. So in your sermon notes today on the back, there's a, there's a biblical dictionary definition of the word mercy. When we come across the word mercy in the Bible, uh, what does that look like? So I just want to go through that real quick. Uh, there's a lot to think about in it. It comes from the Nelson's New Illustrated Bible Dictionary. If you don't have a Bible dictionary, go buy one. Uh, it's such an important tool that I turn to all the time uh, just to get a better understanding. I know what this word means in the context of how I was raised and what I grew up thinking about this word. What does it mean in context of Scripture, in context of God? So mercy is the aspect of God's love 
that causes God to help the miserable. Just as grace is the aspect of His love that moves Him to forgive the guilty. Those who are miserable may be so either because of breaking God's law or because of circumstances beyond their control. And so when we go against what God created us to do and who God created us to be, we're breaking God's law and that's going to lead you to misery. And again, uh, that's one of the ways you're going to know you're a child of God is when you go doing the sins the world does, uh, it's going to make you miserable. Whereas if you go out and you, do, and you join the world in, in their passion for sin and the things that they do, it makes them happy for a time. It makes them happy. Uh, it leads them to misery, uh, but they celebrate their sin. They, they're excited about their sin. But if you're a child of God, it makes you miserable. Uh, you, you begin, your eyes begin to get open. Um, and so sometimes our misery is, or a lot of times I should probably say, our misery is self-inflicted. In the case of Daniel, it was outside of their control. Uh, it, was a, it was a king who had a dream and he wanted to know what it meant and he was going to kill everybody. Uh, but God shows compassion toward those who have broken his law, although such mercy is selective demonstrating that it's not deserved. So God has mercy on whom He's going to have mercy. Uh, and uh, He has compassion on whom He's going to have compassion. Uh, but God's mercy on the miserable extends beyond punishment that is withheld. Withheld punishment keeps us from hell, but it does not get us into heaven. God's mercy is greater than that. So God's mercy is greater than that. God also shows mercy by actively helping those who are miserable due to circumstances beyond their control. We see this aspect of mercy, especially in the life of our Lord Jesus. He healed blind men and lepers. These acts of healing grew out of His attitude of compassion and mercy. Finally, because God is merciful, He expects His children to be merciful. And so as we think about God's mercy towards us, that in our miserable condition of sin and selfishness and worldliness, God came in and brought us life and hope and we did not deserve it, but He had mercy upon us and through His grace, He forgives us of our sin. And so though we are guilty of being sinful, of being liars and thieves and adulterers and all these other things that you could imagine, the ways we break God's law, we're guilty, but He's forgiven us. And that mercy that, that He pours upon us in our miserable condition inspires us that if you truly know the forgiveness and the mercy and the grace of God, you're going to become a merciful person. And that's what Daniel did. That was his instinct and that'll be our instinct when we're in trouble whether it be because of our own doing or just circumstances beyond our control, we got to be mercy seekers. People that are seeking the mercy of God for our country, for the craziness that goes on politically in our country, for uh, whatever is happening around us, God have mercy on us. And, uh, and so I want to start today, you know, our first point what are we to be as mercy seekers? We're to be connected. Be connected. 
So what did Daniel do? He hears that he's going to die. His companions are going to die. King Nebuchadnezzar is on a rampage. And so he goes to his house and he tells his brothers about it. He tells his, 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 uh, his spiritual brothers about what is going on. He's connected to Mishael, Azariah, Hananiah. And then he tells them to seek mercy from the God of heaven. He didn't try to do it alone. He didn't try to just, oh, I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to go tell that king. He knew that he couldn't do it. And he was connected. He was connected to his brothers uh, in God. And, uh, and, and, and that's such a crucial step to think about. In the craziness of the world that we live in, uh, in the troubling times that we live in, we're more disconnected than ever. And so how can we stay connected as mercy seekers? If you're seeking the mercy of God for our nation, if you're seeking the mercy of God for the children of Walnut Springs, for the children of Bosque County, for the children in this world that, that, that are growing up in, in dark times, uh, with, with people that are addicted to all kinds of drugs and alcoholism and pornography and, uh, and, and all sorts of things. If we're seeking the mercy of God for, for salvation for families, we've got to be connected. We've got to stay connected. And then also, mercy seekers create action. We create action. He goes and he tells them to do something. He says, you guys seek mercy from God. Join me in this battle. We've got to create action. Let's seek the mercies of God and uh, together and create, be strategic about what we can do to shine the light of Jesus in this world. And then mercy seekers experience God. They experienced God. Then the mystery in verse 19 was revealed to Daniel in a vision of the night. The mystery was revealed to Daniel. He experienced God. And if we set our hearts to seek the mercy of God that in our, in our miserable condition, uh, in, in the struggles and the hardships, God, you have mercy on us like you did for Daniel and his companions. We need your mercy, God. We want to be a church family that is experiencing the power of God. It was impossible for Daniel to know this dream. He could not have done it on his own. And, uh, and, and we face impossible tasks every day to, to keep our church growing and thriving in the Lord and making disciples and seeing people saved. And uh, it's impossible. We cannot do it without the mercy of God, without the experience of God, without the power of the Holy Spirit. And so if you and I were in this situation, our lives were on the line along with hundreds of other lives that were on the line, and we got the answer that we needed, a lot of times we just would have ran to do, the, to, I'm going to get it solved. I'm going to go fix it. 
It's, you know, it's kind of like guys go to the store, we got our list and we want to get out, we want to get the parts that we need to go fix it, to put those parts on. And, uh, and, and we're ready to do that. But what does Daniel do? And that's the verses that we started. Mercy seekers make time to praise God. Before he runs to the king and says, here's the answer. And and, and here's, uh, you know, I'm the one that's, that's got the answer. None of these other guys have it. I'm the, no, he says, blessed be the name of God forever and ever. Blessed be the name. He makes time to praise God in a life-threatening situation where seconds mattered. This man was commissioned to go kill these people. And yet Daniel takes time. He makes time to praise God. Blessed be the name of God forever and ever to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. It was out of their control. He removes kings and sets up kings. Daniel and his companions as young men were taken out of their nation, out of their home, out of their comfort. And this was now their king and there was nothing they can do about it. And they gave it to God. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what's in the darkness and the light dwells with him. To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise for you have given me wisdom and might and have now made known to me what we ask for. You have made known to us the king's matter. And so we know that he made time to praise God. And as a mercy seeker, he was sound in what he knew about God. He knew the one true God of Israel. So mercy seekers are connected. Through that connection together, we create action by experiencing God. But then we've always, you're never too busy to praise God and to give Him praise. If you are too busy, then that's on you. That's your sin because we should always make time to praise God. So take some time this week to... Think about Nebuchadnezzar. It's easy for us to just read over these big names and these big, you know, these people and just, I don't know what that means or what that is. But think about how big of a deal he was. What it would have been like to be ruled by somebody who could just declare, kill them, destroy their homes, destroy their families, just wipe them out. It was a big deal. And so he was also crazy. And, uh, and so all of that created a big problem. All he did was have a dream that he couldn't understand. And he was willing to kill hundreds of people. That's the heart of human nature. That's human nature with power. <laughs> That's where rulers get when they're unchecked. And, uh, and, and, and that could happen in our lifetime. Right, that we could be under that kind of rulership as we turn leadership as we turn away from God. There was a big problem created by this 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 king who had a big ego, and uh, and there were no human solutions to that problem. 
There were no human solutions. And so he was powerful. He was prone to lunacy. He created giant problems. But what did Daniel do? Daniel turned to God who is all-powerful. He turned to God who is all-knowing. And he turned to God and he found a king-size solution. Right? He found a God-size solution to this king-size problem. So I want to challenge you today, are you connected? Are you seeking the mercy of God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength for America, for your family, for, uh, for Walnut Springs, for Bosque County? Are we seeking the mercy of God? Are you connected in doing that? Who are the mercy seekers in your life? Think about them. Who would, who would your go-to people be? Your Hananiah, your Mishael, your Azariah. Who are the mercy seekers in your life? Can you identify them? If you can't, then you probably don't have them and you need to think. Who can I go to with these, these types of situations, these types of problems that I know will pray for me and pray with me and seek God's mercy with me? Are you responding to king-size problems with mercy-seeking action and experiencing God and then responding in praise? That should ever be our response is to look at our lives and look for places that I can just give praise to God and worship God. Let's pray together. God, we, uh, we, just, we praise You for Your mercy and Your grace that forgives us of our guilt and our sin. We live in a time where things are, are chaotic and, and, and challenging, and we need Your mercy, God, more than ever. We need Your mercy for America we need your mercy for Walnut Springs, for the children, for the families of Walnut Springs, for the families in Bosque County, Somerville County. The, God, this place that you've put us in to serve and to minister and to reach out to, God, we cry out together today for your mercy. God, for all the ways that we can reach out and make a difference, we need your wisdom and your mercy to understand what we can do in these times that we're living. God, to see people saved. We know that just like Nebuchadnezzar was out to kill these men, Satan is alive to kill, steal, and destroy. And he doesn't care who we are or where we're at or what we're coming from or what we're dealing with. And so, God, we need your mercy to defeat Satan in our lives and to see the victory of Jesus Christ in Walnut Springs and and in our church, and so we pray together for your mercy. And God, if there's someone here today that is lost, and they're seeing, they're feeling for the first time that sense that they need a Savior, I pray that right now they would confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord. That right now they would believe in their heart that God, you raised Jesus from the dead. And that whether they're here today in the church or whether they're listening online, that they would turn from their sin today and be saved. God, help them to mark today as a day of salvation, 
a day of new birth, the day that they turn to you with all their heart and mind and soul and strength. So as we close this service today, we give you glory. We praise you, God, for being a God that has answers when there are no answers. When there are no human solutions, God, you are always there. You always have a solution. And we thank you for Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together as we close and sing this final song.